You're listening to the Mother of All Solutions. Whilst I was doing maternity leave, I was actually doing consultancy work and I was consulting for a couple of organisations. And as a result, my resume, my CV, didn't have any gaps on it because I had that consultancy work. And I did that very purposefully to give myself the ability to hide maternity leave if I felt that that was necessary. I was quite paranoid about people having seen that I was on maternity leave and seen that I'd had a career break and holding that against me. You're listening to the Mother of All Solutions, stories from mums as they navigate their return to work, with me, Laura Broderick. Today we're talking to my first interviewee, we're talking to Clara Widdison. And um, Clara, welcome <laughs> to the podcast. Thank you very much. No, it's great to have you. Um, I thought just to get started, because you are the first person I've spoken to for this series, um, I was just going to talk a little bit about how we know each other, because um, we haven't known each other for very long. Um, I was thinking, is it maybe seven, eight months, something like that? Yeah, yeah. since we both had babies. Well, Casper's ten months, my little wingman who's here with us today, having his snack, so yes, you might hear him crunching away. So Casper, my little fella, was ten months, and I remember your baby Finn was crawling around on a little rug out on the grass and we were in the park and there was other mums with babies That's around right, yeah and mm-hmm. he's 16 months now so yeah it's been about eight months okay but we have lived next door to each other for a very long time yeah so your mum to Finn um which is only part of your identity of course which is why we're having this podcast series to try and give voices to mums around sort of work and solutions to balancing the work and motherhood conundrum that you know stresses out lots of people and so tell me a little bit about your work Clara because that's one thing that impressed me when I first met you is that you seem to be doing lots and you were looking after this quite busy baby but you also had projects on the go and I mean the hamper exchange is the first project you talked to me about maybe also say a little bit about your current full-time employment as well as your projects. Yeah absolutely so going back a little while pre-fin I I actually worked for three years in food insecurity and I worked for an organization called community shop going around the country and working with communities to open social supermarkets which are social um, ventures which take surplus food into communities and reinvest the profit into individual and community development and whilst I was doing that I was also doing a master's in food policy full-time so I had a really busy and really really enjoyable three years Um, I had intended to take a sabbatical having completed my master's and actually go out to Australia for six months take some time (laughs) yeah doesn't it well I never made it so I wouldn't know (laughs) but uh, I had considered taking out some time from my career um, having a little bit of a reset Mm -hmm. after three busy years and and considering what the next thing that I wanted to do would be Um, I never made it to the sabbatical Mm. Uh, I was about four months pregnant at my graduation from my master's um Finn was a wonderful surprise and uh somewhat uh took us took us both by surprise and was a bit of a curveball um so unfortunately the sabbatical to Australia was was put on ice um something perhaps I'll do later on when Finn's a bit older so that meant that I um I sort of started thinking about maternity leave as my sabbatical. I'd already in my mind designed what that looked like. Um, I was going to do some volunteer work for different organisations that interested me, perhaps some consultancy, some travel. And so I suppose I just, without even realising, carried over those same thoughts into maternity leave, Mm. thinking, well, actually, there's no reason why I can't still do all those things. 
And so I left my role at Community Shop about two months before Finn was born. Okay. And I did that in order to give myself that little bit of space to get used to being at home because mm-hmm. I knew that that was going to be a huge transition. Um, it yeah. perhaps actually might not have been the right approach because I spent two months being really bored <laughs> and doing absolutely nothing of any use. Yeah, so what? So watching Netflix while you're at home. Yeah, there was a little bit of watching Netflix, definitely. But I kind of, I viewed that as, um, you know, basically as a break before the baby came mm. and and I did nothing productive in that time and I think that I was quite bored actually and I think that made me realize that maternity leave wasn't necessarily going to be really exciting and really busy unless I made it so yeah um so I became sort of more motivated to make maternity leave something that was really enjoyable and something where I was engaged in different things mm. um so Finn popped out on December 2nd you were lucky you popped out Clara. <laughs> <laughs> he just walked straight out. Don't know what everyone's fussing about. Uh, no, unfortunately, that's not what happened. <laughs> yeah, there's different podcasts for those stories. Okay, right. <laughs> um, we had a little bit of a bumpy start. So I'd say for a couple of months, we were just concentrating on, you know, welcoming Finn home and getting up and running. Um, and that's kind of the point when my partner went back to work, having taken a month off, where I started thinking, well, what am I going to do with my time and how am I going to spend it? And so one of the things that I'd come across um, was online university courses. Yeah. And I'd been talking about that before Pin. Uh, Pin? <laughs> I don't even know my child's name. It's a cute nickname. <laughs> I'd been talking about online courses um, through universities before Finn came along. And so that seemed like a really good yeah. opportunity. Uh, so I signed up for a 10-week course in a subject that really interested me with Oxford University. Okay. And it was really light touch and it just allowed me that opportunity to get my brain working. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I didn't do anything during the day. I, I was very much fixated with um, sleep and yeah. <laughs> and survival and all those things. Nap time, panic mode exactly. and all that stuff. Yeah. All those things you have mm. to do as a new mum. Mm. So I had no interest during the day in doing that. But it was actually in the evenings when... Finn would go down at around kind of 7 p.m. that I'd realize actually I hadn't done anything engaging that day. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that was when that came really came in really useful and I was yeah. able to kind of sit and read and, and be on online forums about the subject and write essays, which, you know, doesn't sound like everyone's cup of tea, but given that it was something I was quite interested in, it felt really, um, felt really engaging. Yeah, and I think I know from my experience of motherhood, I definitely didn't, take it as far as you took it with doing online studies but you do have that sense of um wanting to sort of use your brain cells a little bit in a different way and you shouldn't feel guilty about that I mean not to any comparative level but I know I set up a book group with some local mums in Finsbury Park and I've replicated that here and partly because I was like I don't just want to watch Netflix. I know I made jokes about mums watching Netflix, but I don't just want to watch Netflix when I get a down moment. Um, and the book club was a way to talk to other mums, but around topics and things of interest rather than, like, no offence to a lot of mums, it being too earnest, these chats about, you know, poos and naps and feeding routines. And however much, yes, you have to think about that. Like, I want to have some chat that's either fun or silly or kind of engaging or you know inspiring whatever it is away from just the the earnest parenting mothering kind of chat so I think it's fantastic and I know that when I first met you you had a lot 
things going on but I hadn't realized until what a month ago when we chatted that you'd also done the online course whilst you'd been on maternity leave so then when you told me that fairly recently and us knowing each other I was like wow that is <laughs> very awesome and that was a 10 week course have you finished that that's all yeah. wrapped up yeah yeah that was all wrapped up and uh and that was one of the things I did I also we also um put our house on Airbnb for two months I'm just thinking back because I remember studying in this eco lodge that we were living in in Kent so I'm just thinking back we, that we also um, moved out of our house for two months yeah. and just went nomadic for two months. So we lived in a few places in London that we thought we might like to buy a house in. Mm. Um, we went to Croatia for a couple of weeks. Uh, we went up to the lakes and around the UK and did yeah. a bit of exploring. Um, so for two months, we just had no base, no home. Mm. And that was something, again, coming back to, you know, the sabbatical that I'd planned for Australia that involved a lot of travel. That was something that I felt maternity leave was really great for, was having an opportunity to go and explore. Um, because babies are fairly, at that age, fairly portable. So I was studying, but I was studying in eco-lodge in Kent. And still in the sling and all those, like, yeah. he was quite mobile. With yeah, them, and yeah. he was still at that point able to sleep in a pop-up cot in an eco-lodge with no problem. Which he wasn't now... tiny, rampaging terror. <laughs> no, no okay. now he just would not do. Um, so we had so much flexibility and I really wanted to make the most of that flexibility. Yeah. I'm probably jumping a little bit, but just thinking things that you've told me before. And you also reflected that you were quite busy as well during that maternity phase. And obviously you've stayed busy because you're back at work. Um, so maybe if you tell us a little bit more about how you then finished maternity and you got back into more standard types of employment and also maybe reflect a little bit on yeah, being busy and that balance of your, you know your mental health and attitudes and comfort zones and maybe a little bit of that as well mm. yeah well I, I personally take to being busy really well so that's mm. something that I um, do quite purposefully is always have quite a lot going on yeah um, I think if I hadn't had that I would have found maternity leave quite hard I'd yeah. always rested a lot of my identity on my career okay and the minute that the career wasn't there there was a little bit of a question in my mind about well how do I present myself you know how, what do I talk to people about um uh, so the whilst I was doing maternity leave I was actually doing um consultancy work and I was consulting for a couple of organizations in the food uh community food arena and as a result my resume my CV didn't have any gaps on it Fantastic. because I had that yeah. consultancy work and I did that very purposefully to give myself the ability to hide maternity leave if I felt that that was necessary I was mm -hmm. quite um paranoid about yes. people having seen that I was on maternity leave and seen that I'd had a career break and holding that against yeah. me which makes my what's the phrase my blood curdle is that the right phrase is that because <laughs> it's why should we feel like that but yeah but it is a genuine fear and yeah, yeah. I've spoken a lot with my mum friends about this and for some of us you know I think I was a bit over paranoid mm. um but that said and and some mums who I've spoken to said that they've received nothing but support from employees or potential employees um sorry employers but that said, we've also heard some horror stories and yeah. we also all have an, a horror story here or there. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so as a result, even though I think looking back now, the paranoia wasn't justified. At the time, I was really eager that nobody knew that I had a child. Nobody knew I'd been on maternity leave. Okay. I had no mention on social media. Yeah. 
And so, so having done the consultancy, um, you know, I'd kept one foot in work and one foot in my career. And as a result, it wasn't too hard a transition to think about going back. Mm. There was just this big question of, well, what do I go and do now? Yes. What, what, and what do you want to do? Yeah. And what do you want to do? And I think having had maternity leave, you get a lot of time to think about that. Yeah. A lot of time to reflect on the work you've done so far mm-hmm. and how you potentially want to go forward and how you go forward having had a child and having to do childcare and things like that. Yes, and how do you keep some flexibility, yeah. Yeah, so what I did was I joined the civil service Mm -hmm. um, because I thought maximum flexibility, maximum benefits, quite an easy nine-to-five job, um, and and that would suit my circumstance perfectly with Mm -hmm. having a young child who at that point when I went into the civil service was seven months. Okay. Uh, So that was, so the process of interviewing was all really positive and I received a job offer and I felt like it was the right thing to do for the family Mm. but it wasn't necessarily my dream career my heart wasn't even a little bit into Mm. it (laughs) but I I did it regardless and I spent uh seven months there and that seven months was what was right for our family at the time um you know it meant that uh Finn could be in nursery for three days a week yeah and because he was only seven months so he was still fairly little um it meant that we had a lot of flexibility around picking him up and dropping him yeah. off as long as you did your core hours it was that exactly kind of job yeah. that and I worked then... compressed hours yeah. so okay. I did four long days and had one day off but still was paid full time and yeah. and it just worked for us um but my heart wasn't there at all and I had to admit to myself fairly quickly mm. that putting the family first wasn't Mm. necessarily what was right for me yeah and coming back to that sort of very brave to admit that as well yeah it it felt you know I think I I have the support of my partner who recognized that as well yeah and so fortunately that was something we could talk about fairly openly that actually the sacrifices I was making in my career which did suit us wasn't making me happy and therefore wasn't going to be a strong basis upon which as a family we could thrive yeah so I very quickly scrapped that (laughs) and I interviewed for a job that still has a bit of flexibility and you know has some great benefits as well nothing like the civil service but ultimately is my dream job yeah and and suddenly you know even though I'm at home a lot less Finn's now in nursery full-time we don't have those same benefits because I'm so happy and engaged with work it it works for our family of course yeah and then it's great that you as parents have taken a more maybe it's not equal parenting exactly I don't know enough about how you and Tom split pickups and drop-offs and things but you have had that conversation about the balance of your careers for both of you and balancing the childcare needs together and which doesn't always happen I mean I know without sort of saying too much because I'm interviewing you not myself yes Casper hello um I definitely have more of the this sort of onus, the, the onus on me to do the pickups and drop-offs more than my partner has. So I think um, that's another topic, though, isn't it, really? We should park that one. But, Clara, one thing you haven't mentioned, probably because I chipped in and started asking you other things, is to say a little bit about the hamper exchange, because um, that's one thing that I got to know you through as well so do you want to say a little bit more about that yeah yeah so the hamper exchange the the online course I did when I was on maternity leave was about social enterprise and as a result I had this real fascination with whether you could set up an organization or a project to be um 
self-sufficient financially and also uh, socially so that everyone involved in the program or the project wins benefits Mm. and when I was on maternity leave I was planning the hamper exchange it was actually something I did whilst I was working the civil service um, which just goes to show how unengaged I was in my work that I managed to set up an entire project uh, on the side but um, what I did was I decided that I wanted to sell local hampers full of local food products made within the, um, the borough sell those for a fairly premium amount at local food markets and online and then use the profit to reinvest into hampers for low-income families so it was a really simple buy one give one model yeah very much like tom's shoes uh, which are quite a big brand so every mm-hmm. time you buy a pair of shoes a pair of shoes is gifted to somebody who can't afford them in a developing country so yeah. very much the same concept and i thought it would be a fairly easy project to do um <laughs> there were as i think with all projects when you're first scoping them you don't quite realize what's involved and mm. so there was a lot of talking to producers mm-hmm. absolutely yeah. and and you know making sure the logistics around picking up the products um building the hampers delivering them and doing that twice over there was 80 hampers in total so Mm. 40 luxury hampers and 40 hampers for local families um and that was a really enjoyable experience one because it all that learning that I had from my maternity leave I got to actually implement into something yeah um but also I got to develop my identity separately from my career Mm. so that wasn't related to a job it wasn't related to you know what I'd done previously or my masters or anything it was just something for me yeah and it meant that you know even last week I was at a networking event and someone came up to me and they said oh Clara from the hamper exchange (laughs) and my boss was standing there just gave me a look like the hamper exchange (laughs) Um, but it meant that I had something that was just mine yeah which allowed me then uh, a platform upon which to talk about things you know to talk about um, local food or talk about um, food insecurity in my local community and and so that Mm. was a really amazing um, way of starting conversations with people having been on maternity leave where perhaps I couldn't talk about work in the same way yeah 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 and I think yeah and when you were telling me about that I think I was really impressed that you were doing something with a social purpose and but it was also for yourself that's really nice balance you know it wasn't like hey I'm trying to make loads of money out of this it was like a genuine like you have this passion about food and wanting people to have equality and you know be healthy and to thrive in a positive way through food and you know even now I've picked up on things that my daughter's school's doing with fair share and we've talked about that since and you know so we don't we haven't just been able to talk about the baby boys, have we? You know, there's been other things that you've been doing that I've been interested in. And then you sort of see some links to other areas of your life. And I think it's fantastic and very impressive. I mean, what would you say to mums who might be listening that have ideas of things that they might want to do, whether it's whilst they're on maternity leave or whether it's because they've had to take a forced career break or because they just want to do something and it seems the right moment? I mean, is there any like not necessarily top tips but you know something that you would want to say say to others yeah I think I think one of the things that I took away from it is that and this is something I've learned more and more throughout my career is everything is a little bit of smoke and mirrors Mm. you know everything that you read about all the projects you see that sound so great can be a bit intimidating because you read about them and you think well I I don't have the ability to set something like that Mm. up but actually a lot of what's out there publicly is good PR. Mm. And 
a lot of things that we read about that seem so intimidating, actually there's one or two people behind it who are just working their butts off. Mm. And so what I'd say to moms is that it's, yes, it's about what you can do and you don't need to do anything huge on maternity leave or you know when you have a career break you can do something small and something that's within your ability to do but actually the PR around that you know you can still make it a really impressive project that other people will look at and go wow that's amazing yeah so even if it seems really modest to you it doesn't Mm. seem modest to other people yeah and you almost just have to give it a try sometimes don't you and yeah yeah I think so I think it's um especially when you are starting out I I I was always so scared of failure and it was actually my former boss who taught me you know it's better just to do something than to not do it because you're scared Mm. you know he'd often say to me oh we need to write this big report and I'd just stare at this blank piece of paper going I don't even know where to start with this whereas he would just chuck a few words down on the blank piece of paper and go right well we'll start with that and you know it'd be total crap but it didn't matter and he'd say well you know at least we've got a starting point so I think I managed to take that away from the role and and keep that in my psyche and so now I just have the attitude of it doesn't have to be perfect Mm. it doesn't have to be great it doesn't need to change the world it just has to be one small thing Mm. that matters to me Mm -hmm. So, Clara, just to ask a quantitative question um, about your satisfaction with your work-life balance and balance of motherhood. On a scale of one to five, five being the most satisfied and one being the least, how would you rate the balance that you've got for work and motherhood at the moment? I think now, having been through that period of trial and error, I'd say I'm probably on a four. You know, it could be a little bit improved, Mm. um, but I'd say that everything that I've learned over my maternity period and having gone back to work um, and, and managed to kind of evolve as a as a um, process um, has meant that it's kind of all fallen back into place just as I would have liked it to have. But there were two years between knowing how I would want things to be and actually getting there. Yeah, but it, I think a four is pretty good going. <laughs> um something I'm interested in is around people having role models or you know people that have helped them supported them you know you spoke about Tom your partner being supportive which you'd hope is a given right it's not always a given but you'd hope it is but have there been other other people potentially strong women or maybe even as far as a mentor someone that's helped you with your your career balance there have been a lot of people um that I've spoken to that have been inspirational but I think I probably have to say that the person who inspires me most is my partner Tom Mm. and I think I I'm guilty of saying I'm a mum who works and therefore Mm. I need support from you but actually we both work full-time we both parent we try and split parenting equally down the middle which Mm. you know can be quite hard and leads to a few arguments about you know an hour here an hour there um but he's doing exactly what I'm doing and he's working really hard. He actually set up a business and decided to go full time with it two weeks before we found out about Finn coming. Okay. And so he only had about eight months to prepare his business for him to take a month off yeah. and then be a parent. It might have helped him focus. Perhaps, yeah, you'd have to ask him. <laughs> yeah. um, but he has managed to build up his own business, mm. do really well at that. That's, you know, 
having a lot of success and be an amazing dad and also you know keep some of his social life and some of his hobbies and so I think every time I'm starting to think how tough it is and actually how I as a working mom have to balance so much I kind of look over to him and say well he's doing exactly the same thing yeah and if we do it together it's going to make it that much easier Mm. yeah yeah I think it's great that you've got that partnership that's working like that so yeah some days (laughs) yeah oh of course you know I know you're not trying to paint the perfect picture I know it's just a admission of you've worked at it together so that's fantastic and and you mentioned obviously then when you were talking about your your relationship with Tom and how that's been a support he had you know his limited time frame to prepare because Finn the lovely surprise that he is was there and and you've also got a blog that talks a little bit about that lovely surprise and gives you a voice and do you want to tell tell us a little bit more about the blog and why you set it up even not even if you don't want to talk (laughs) about the content of it people can read it but why what motivated you to do that as well as all the other things you've been talking about yeah that was another thing I did on maternity leave um I I think the blog came from a place of being the only person really in my close social group that has a child um for London I was quite young to have a child I um had Finn when I was 29 which in the rest of the country is you know I think over the average by a few years but Mm. in London is still quite young yeah and so I didn't really necessarily have people to talk to about these things yeah and I think some of the mum friends that I did make through NCT and through other uh, baby activities um who are really wonderful and I I really appreciate their friendship um but like you said you know there was a lot of talk about actually caring for the baby and you know the baby's development things like that and not necessarily about the impact on us as people Mm. and us as mothers um I think they perhaps had had planned children and had already uh, accepted the impact that they were going to experience whereas that was something I was going through as I was pregnant and as I was having Finn Mm. And so I just had all these kind of thoughts and questions and um, stories that I wanted just to put down somewhere. Um, And so my blog is really more of a diary, but it's it's a whoopsiebaby.com. And it's um, it's I mean, it's very lighthearted and it's also in part a little bit dark. So it's Mm. (laughs) it's a bit of a balance, Um, but it's also well written. I haven't read all your posts, but I've read some of them and you obviously can write, which is you know, it's not just one of those blogs where people I mean, it spit helps. out, which, you know, there are blogs where people just... I try and make in. sure it's not a total stream of consciousness yeah. um, and that it is, you know, readable. But at the same time, I write it, you know, my motivation for it was to write it for myself. It wasn't really to write it for anyone else. If other people read it and get something out of it, either if that's just, you know, they find it funny or there are people out there who have their own surprise pregnancy and want to read mm-hmm. a story about someone else's, that's not something that we talk about a huge amount mm. in public we tend to when there are surprise pregnancies just say oh it's a happy surprise and, yeah. and leave it at that um whereas actually having a surprise pregnancy can be very daunting very scary um you know it changes everything overnight in a way that you didn't plan mm. and so when I was looking for resources having found out I was pregnant I only found a couple of things that I found helpful okay. one of which was a book uh, called the mother of all surprises and so the blog, you know, if it helps someone out there who's found out about surprise pregnancy to come to terms with that pregnancy and to go through those steps in an unexpected way, then, you know, great, I've done my job. Yeah. And then just a few final things that we talked about incidentally, which I'd like to just pick up on. Um, you talked about when you were very cautious about disclosing 
being pregnant and then being a mum. And actually, when you did then take your child Finn into a Christmas party, I think you said, and actually everyone loved him. And they were like, why didn't we know about Finn? He's fab. Um, you know, that sort of reticence. I'm going to pick up a bit on that with another interviewee. Is there anything you would want to say on that as well about women being cautious? Do you think it depends on the industry you're in? Do you think it depends on a particular line manager you've got or or do you feel like it's it's just a personal thing and actually you've just got to go with what you feel is right as as that parent at that time in my first job after maternity leave I didn't tell anyone that I was a mother um, unless I had to and then when I did tell them I was a mother I asked them not to tell anyone else um, it was three months into that job that my co-worker in my team said you have a child. Mm. <laughs> and I was like, oh yeah, did I not mention that? I have mm. a 10 month old. Um, and I kept that very, very secretive because I didn't want people to um, make assumptions about me because I was a mother. I didn't want people thinking I was leaving early to do nursery pickup or I was going to slack off because I was tired or whatever it might be. Mm. And again, it was this paranoia about um, the preconceptions of mothers in the workplace. Yeah. It turned out that actually no one thought like that. Yeah. Although perhaps it did help that they knew me before they knew that I was a mother. Okay. Um, but when I took Finn to my Christmas party, he was a massive hit. And then it actually became a really great way to bond with people. You know, people yeah. were constantly asking after him or telling me about their children. Mm -hmm. And so I found that actually it was a great point of conversation with yeah. with co-workers, with, with um, you know, partners. It was a great way to start the conversation. And now in my new job, I actually went the other way. Mm. And I tell people straight away when I meet them, I say, oh, yes. I have a toddler and I show people pictures of him mm -hmm. not in like a boring way but like I'll show him like show them like the funniest most recent picture yeah because it's just such a great way to break the ice with people yeah and we all have to form friendships relationships on common themes and you know children is a often a common theme whether you're a parent or you just like kids whatever it is so why not you know why why hide it and is there anything you feel that employers whether it's senior management or the HR teams in organizations um, could be doing better to support working mums specifically um, to either overcome some of these fears and paranoia or to give them access to keep the careers that they are striving for. Is there any burning things you would want to put out there to those organizations to, to work to do better? I've been really lucky in the two jobs that I've had since maternity leave in that they've been very flexible. Um, they've had a lot of support around, you know, for example, if I need to come in late or leave early, um, although fortunately that rarely happens. Um, I think for me, the, the big bugbear that I have is around the childcare costs. Mm. So when I was working for the civil service, um, at the end of the month, I had about £50 left in order to spend on myself after I'd covered 50% of the childcare costs. Um, and it got to the point where, without asking, my mother started giving me a monthly allowance oh again. Yeah, and I'm yeah, in yeah. my 30s now and I have a monthly allowance from my parents. Um, that was another reason why that job wasn't quite working out. Mm. But the childcare costs are such a barrier to working for a lot of mums. Mm. Um, it's not necessarily easier or cheaper to stay at home but when you're working full-time and you are a parent getting to the end of the month and having 50 pounds to spend and this was not a badly paid job um having 50 pounds at the end of the month really starts to ask the question why am I doing this yeah. and what am I getting out of this because I can only just about look after my family and I can't really 
look after myself. Yeah. Um, and so I think for me, you know, whether this is the government's role or the employer's role, but childcare is something that desperately, desperately needs to be addressed, especially mm. in London where the housing costs are also so high. Yeah. Um, it just puts too many families like ours. Yeah in the just about managing category and with two working parents two full-time working parents with you know really decent education really decent career backgrounds we shouldn't be in that category it's it's crazy that we are um and you know we're some of the lucky ones that's what's so crazy about it we're still some of the lucky ones yeah i know when you're feeling bad about things you're like it's going to be a lot worse for a lot of other people and that's um yeah, quite humbling, but also like, well, there should be a call for, for doing better, shouldn't there? And yeah, yeah, well, we know in London, you know, we know the poverty rates. We know that 37% on average of children live in poverty. Um, and it's, you know, we're, we're obviously nowhere near that. Um, but we're really, I'm really aware of the fact that actually... If it's if it's tough for us, you know those families where it's it's not just tough, but it's actually catastrophic. Um, you know they need extra support in terms of childcare. They need additional support to go back into work and not, to go back into decent paid work, not not just yeah. to some like basic job that they don't want to be doing, and they're striving for something better themselves as well. And you're like, well, how can I step out of this cycle if I can't cover the childcare costs? Yeah, exactly. And it's not just about being able to provide for your family it's also about your identity and your Mm. ambitions and who you are as a person and what motivates you and so the thought that there are mums out there who can't work because of these barriers um and and therefore have to give up that part of their identity that's really quite heartbreaking yeah indeed um okay clara it's been fantastic talking with you and i know we don't know each other very well but um we know each other a little bit and we're getting to know each other better through the the kids Although I hear you might be sneaking out of Zone 2 London. (laughs) Are you leaving us? We're off to find a garden. You're off to find a garden. (laughs) We will be very sad when you do leave Zone 2 London. Well, thanks to Brexit. uh, Thanks to Brexit, we're not selling any time soon. We've got more time to to talk and the kids to play. Um, Now, I think Casper's going to say goodbye. And Clara, any last comments, any last thoughts on the mother of all solutions and... Just that it's really great that there are support networks out there for mums in every stage of mothering and parenting, um, including this podcast, because it it can be a lonely journey, especially when you are, you know, faced with those big decisions about your career and you don't necessarily have somebody um, to speak to about that. And so the more we band together through things like this, like the podcast and also some of the networks like um, Pregnant and Then Screwed, Mm. uh, you know, the more powerful, more vocal we can all be. Yeah, I'll hear to that. Yeah, drink to that. Cup of coffee. (laughs) All right, thanks, Clara. That's The Mother of All Solutions with Clara Widdison. The Mother of All Solutions is produced and hosted by Laura Broderick and edited by me, Owen Waynehouse. Music for this episode is Night and Day by D. Yan Key, licensed under Creative Commons via the Free Music Archive. 